0: Eh, right on a new series called "The Perfect Fit." You might be going through life being like, "What's going on? Where do I fit?" It seems like I'm I'm living in this crazy town, this crazy world, this crazy time of the the year and this time of this world. Uh, you know the scripture. Uh, does say that we're, we're just foreigners in this land. We're aliens to it all. You know, the reality is you're you're never really going to fit. If you're if you're of God and you're you're a Christ follower, you, you should always feel a little bit unusual in this world. Are you with me? Uh, but at the same time, God has a purpose and a plan and a function for every single one of us. You know, so many people say, oh man, I can't believe I'm living in this hour. Are you kidding me? We're so blessed to live in this hour. We were born for such a time as this. We're getting ready to see one of the greatest Bible stories ever written in this revival that God's going to do, not just in our country, but all through Throughout the world, can I get an amen? And so, this message I'm going to share today, and even really this series, it's really kind of like a a life message and motto. I'm a seven on the enneagram, which means I'm the kind of guy that the glass is always half full. We can do anything; nothing's ever that bad. I, when we planted this church. they did a they did a test. So they went through your personality. They went through all these things, and I scored like like high faith. I like to take the mountain. We, nothing's ever that bad, you know. Let's just do it. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm the guy, you know. Like I'm the guy from Waterboy, uh, the the, the Water Boy movie. Like I just stand behind everything, and I'm like, you can do it. Like that's we can do it. Nothing's that bad. That's what my tombstone should say. Like he, He's just a guy always saying, you can do it, we can do this. My wife offended me the other day, which by the way, she's in Florida, she misses all of you. She doesn't miss you at all, she's in Florida. But anyway, <laughs> hey babe, watch it online. Um, she said to me the other day, she said, you know what your tombstone's gonna say? Uh, it's gonna say, he's finally resting. <laughs> and I was like, like you're excited I'm dead? Like he's finally dead. She's like, no, I meant like you're finally taking a break. I mean, we really had like a moment. I was like, oh, um, because I'm the goer. Let's do this. We got purpose. Let's accomplish stuff. Let's get after it. Like God's with us. And, uh, and so that's just me. If, I, if, you, if you made me preach a final sermon, the sermon would go like this. Like we can do this. Let's go. God's with us. Are you with me? And, uh, and I think in the hour that we live in, there's, there's some intimidation that comes in like all of the crazy times and all the stuff that we're seeing. Maybe we should just hold back and shrink back. Maybe, no, no, we are so blessed to live in this hour. We are so blessed to be used by God in the way that he's going to use us. And so we're going to talk about like we all got a place, we all got a purpose, and we're so fortunate for that. It blows my mind. When you think about this, the perfect God sent his perfect son who lived the perfect life and he died for us very imperfect people. Are you with me? That's amazing. It blows my mind. But the story doesn't stop there. Not only did the perfect God send his perfect son who lived the perfect life and died for very imperfect people, but then God says, oh, now that we've done and I've set you free and broke chains and and now now I'm going to use you to be a part of my perfect story. It's amazing we get to be used by God. It's not a chore to, to find our place and discover our purpose. No, God is saying like, hey, yeah, you're with me. So much so that when Jesus is, is leaving this earth, he, he literally is looking out to his people and he's like, hey, I've done some pretty awesome things, right? Like I've raised the dead, I've healed the sick. Are you with me? But then he looks at his people and he says, but you will do even greater things. Oh, my gosh, it blows my mind that he saved us and set us free. But then he's choosing us. But then he's empowering us to such a degree that we're going to walk in the same things he walked in. Come on, somebody. We are living in a great hour. We are living in a great time where God is saying, I'm choosing you. I'm using you. You have a place. I see the heaviness and the discouragement. I'm going to read you some information. But we have got to wake up from this slumber and realize you were born for such a time as this. The media does not dictate the way that this is going to go. Yeah. Mandates don't dictate the way this is going to go. The White House doesn't dictate the way the things are going to go. Yeah. Doug's yeah. over here like, now we're all Facebook. I just got censored. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and omega. He's the one who writes our story. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And we need some Christians to realize you've been equipped and you've been yeah. empowered and you're being led by something a lot greater than what's here on earth. You got a purpose. You got a function. God saved us, but now he's equipping us because he wants to use us in great things. You weren't saved to sit. Oh, I got saved and oh, now I can just sit and be blessed in church. Mm, That was a good word. I feel fed. You feel fed so you can get strength so that you can go make a difference. If all you're doing is getting fed to eat, you're going to get fat. most unprofound statement i've ever made from here like people like yeah that's how it works pastor (laughs) the statement we use all the time is you were created on purpose for a purpose you're not an accident you might not have been planned but you have a purpose you're not an accident god has a great plan for every single one of you said no pastor not me You're messing it up. You don't understand where I came from. You don't understand the things that I've done. You don't understand the choices I've made. You were created on purpose, for a purpose, and God wants to use you. He's got a perfect fit for you in his kingdom. Amen. They say the most um, valuable places that we can see are the oil fields or... Wall Street or gold mines or places you can harvest diamonds. These are the most valuable places on earth. But I like what Miles Monroe says. He says that the most valuable places on this earth might be the graveyards. It might be the cemeteries where people's purposes were buried with them, never accomplished. Where people had so much potential and so much promise, but because of life circumstances, they never accomplished it. They went to the grave. If only we could harvest their potential from their graves we would see that there was books that were never read because they were never written or music that was never heard because it was never put to pen paintings and poetry and businesses never opened fashion lines on and on, go, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things went to the grave. Why? Because people didn't accomplish their purposes. Maybe there are people, great people who died as alcoholics or died because of overdoses or died because of suicides. We could never go into those graves and harvest those things. But God gives us instructions in his word about how we can be a people who unwrap and harvest the promise and the potential that God has created us with. Amen. God has purpose for you, and we can harvest that. The scripture says we go from faith to faith and glory to glory. God is always advancing us into more of our purpose and potential. Can I get an amen? Amen. We see that the world is struggling with this question. The number one question in a human's heart is, what's my purpose? Why am I here? The all-time best-selling book, nonfiction book, uh, the number one selling book, Uh, Is by Pastor Rick Warren. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. Why? Because the number one question on humans' heart is, Why am I doing this? What is my purpose? And sadly, we're seeing a world, specifically in America, we're seeing a world starving to discover and find out what is the truth? Why am I really here? What really matters? I looked up the statistics from the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. And in 2020, Suicide was in the top 10 leading causes of death in all of America. More people took their own lives than lives were taken by them by way of murder. People said, I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't have a desire to go on anymore. And they ended their own lives. It's in the top 10 of death causes. or 48,344 Americans died by way of suicide. Listen to this. The fourth leading cause of death, it was the fourth leading cause of death for ages 33 to 54. Of all of the ways of death for that age range in fourth place was they took their own lives. A 35-year-old has a lot of life to live. A 35-year-old is just stepping into the age range of life where where they have stability and function and they can begin to walk out some of these purposes, right? Then there's the fourth leading cause. This second stat that I'm gonna read you, I literally went and double-checked because I didn't believe that this website had it accurate. The second leading cause of death for their, so this is the second leading cause of death among ages 10 years old to 34 years old. Suicide was second place in killing the age range 10 years old to 34 years old. They have all their life to live, and yet they found it was a better decision to end their life. Why? Because they don't know their purpose. They don't know that God has a perfect fit for them, that he's got a a kingdom cause for them to walk in, and that they're not an accident, but instead they have great value to God. Are you with me? And that's why the church has got to be able to get in position to come around this age range and say, I don't care what the world's saying about you. I don't care what you don't understand. I don't care what hardship you're going through. We're going to help you discover all that God has for you. Can I get an amen? 1.4 million Americans in 2020 uh, attempted suicide. 1.4 million said, "This, this doesn't make sense to me. But I'm here to say it's the church's responsibility. It's called discipleship to come alongside our community and say, hey, you have great purpose and you have great value. And as the church, we need to be leading the way and telling them what those purposes are. The scripture says that we have treasure in this earthen vessel, our body, our being, who we are, how God created us is a treasure. You know, I put it down like this. Jesus came to redeem you. Not to just save you for eternity, but so that you could be in alignment in a way that you could reach your full potential. God said, oh, being sin and separated from me, that's not going to allow you to accomplish your purpose. So I'm going to come save you and set you on a path that you can be all that I've created you to be. Amen. And I'm talking about every single person in here has great purpose. Oh, no, pastor, I could never preach a sermon. I could never sing a song. I could never help in a ministry. Every single person has a purpose and a function that God has. Are you with me? Yeah. Graveyards are rich in potential, but my concern would be that churches are as rich in potential that will never be seen. I'm going to come and I'm going to get saved, and then I'm going to sit, as you heard me say. I'm going to come and I'm going to get saved, and then I'm going to go through Bible school, I'm going to go through Sunday school, and I'm going to learn some things, but then I'm going to do nothing with it. I'm going to go to my grave with all of my potential. Well, no, no. It's Sundays, I'm going to come in, and they can sing the songs, and he can preach the sermon. But, but I'm just going to get fed. No, no. God, God didn't save you so that you could sit. The word uh, that I wrote down for this is the church is rich in potential. Potential means this: potential is untapped power, its dormant ability, its hidden strength, its unused success, its concealed power. I want you to leave here right now knowing this. Every single person in this room, I want you to know that we're looking for a phone. If anybody's got that pingy phone. I switched off the Apple Watch. That's a ping on an Apple Watch to help you find your phone. I switched off the Apple Watch. I didn't realize how often I lose my phone because you can't do it on the garment. So now I'm like, kids, come here. Who wants a dollar? Go find phone. And it's always in my pocket. I'm like, Dad, it's in your pocket. Every single person in this room, here's what I want you to know and say about yourself. Here's what I want you to know. Right now, sitting where you are, you have dormant ability. Right now, where you're sitting, you have hidden strength. You, right now, where you are, have unused success, and you have concealed power. And God's scripture and his promises and his commands for our life help get in a position to bring all of those things out of your life. That's why we got to find the perfect fit. That's why we got to get in alignment with people who are going to help bring these out of us. Uh, I thought about Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Very famous, of course, artist and, and uh, uh, I'm, it's not statue. What is it? A sculpture. Thank you. All right. Smart people with me. Good. Thank you. But he would sculpt things and he would create pieces, but many of them went unfinished. And we know some of the famous ones that went unfinished. And so you had great potential in these great pieces, but they never met their potential. I hope that it's not said about the church, oh boy, the body of Christ had so much potential. It had so much truth and it had so much power and it had so much ability, but they never finished the job. They never completed the masterpiece because they got too busy with their social life or their careers or being busy through entertainment. No, we've got to be a people who finish the masterpiece. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus said it perfectly as he's dying on the cross. He said, when I die, as I'm dying, he said, I'm dying how? I'm dying Finished. All of my potential was reached. Everything I was sent to do, I accomplished. I I died finished. He didn't die old, he died finished. I thought about Paul. Paul said the same thing. Paul said, I have finished my course. I have been poured out like a drink offering. He's saying, I left nothing in the tank. I gave all that I had. What is he saying? "I, I met all my purposes. I poured everything out. I didn't hold back at all. That is God's design for us when it comes to purpose. I thought about this. A great church is not a church where thousands of people come and hear the band and thousands of people come and hear the pastor preach or or go through a Bible study. I believe a great church is even if one person comes and discovers their purpose in Christ, discovered why they're put here and how they make a difference. I believe that's what makes a great church. Why? Because God created you unstoppable. He created you the Terminator. I want you to, as I mentioned earlier, think about this. Jesus is so full of belief in us and our purposes and how he leads us that he says, all these great things I did, you're going to do even greater. Why? Because he knew he created you as a person who can accomplish great things. You're the Terminator. Your brain, think about this. This is how God made us. Your brain weighs roughly three pounds. Some of you more, some of you clearly less, but it's three pounds. It has the ability to retain 100 trillion bits of information. I don't know how they do that, but that's what I researched and found. 100 trillion bits of information. Your body, your brain makes 15,000 decisions a second when you're eating food. And you don't gotta tell it to do it. You're just over here like, oh, cheeseburger. (laughs) And it's making 15,000 decisions for you a second. Why? Because you're created unbelievable. When God said he fearfully and wonderfully made you, he made you unbelievable, unstoppable, great purpose. We're the Terminator. You have the ability to remember 10,000 different odors. You used to until COVID last year. Now you can't smell. 10,000 different odors. If I said to you, gasoline, you'd go, I know what that smells like. If I said to you, uh, pizza, right? Oh, pizza, cheese, okay. If I, all the different, fresh cut grass. If I begin to list all these things, spray paint, all these, oh yeah, I know what that smells like, I know what that smells like. Fresh carpet. You know, your husband, you'd be like, oh yeah, I know what that smells like. (laughs) A teenager's room, right? Oh God. Lord, help me to forgive, forget. But you got all these 10,000 different odors. You have the ability to remember. 10,000. Why? Because God created you. Unbelievable. Think about this. Your body has the ability. uh, Do you know that you have an immune system? I don't know if you guys know that. You have an immune system. And do you know that your body contains all sorts of things needed to heal itself? Because God created you unstoppable because he has a great purpose for you. And so what happens when you cut, you get a cut? Your body, because God created you amazing, says, hey, we better go and start healing that. So all the things move right into place to begin to heal you. And I realize medically there's all kinds of, you know, variables to things. But God's purpose for you is to be somebody who's well-equipped to accomplish all that God has for you. Can I get an amen? We need to stop making excuses and putting limitations on why we can't be used by God. Amen. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord that you should abound less and less. No, no, no. You should abound more and more. Just as you've received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. The mindset here is the more we walk with God, the more we should be growing. Faith to faith, glory to glory. The more we walk with the Lord, the more we connect and commune with each other, the more we ought to be unwrapping and discovering the gifts that God has for us. Discipleship and learning and growing, letting God continue to do more in our life. They say medically, those who retire, I'm talking in the natural world, those who retire and do nothing die a lot sooner than those who retire and stay active. So, hey, you say, oh, I'm going to retire and I'm just not going to do anything. They say statistically, those people die a lot sooner. Those who retire and get a hobby or go travel and start do those things live a lot longer. Why? Because you're not called. You are not even created in the natural to be a person who just stops growing and accomplishing. Yeah. You're made to continue. It's the same thing spiritually. You can't get saved and sit. Why? Because there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the Lord's army. You remember that song as a little kid? I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. A yeah. bunch of people aren't. A bunch of people aren't. Well, actually, you are. I don't want to get you for theology. He said, I'm not in the Lord's army. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're chosen. You're loved. I'm, I'm preaching it to you right now. You are. But no, no, we serve. We serve. We serve. We, we stay in it. Why? Because God created us to be a people who don't sit back. Uh, I thought about this. First 1 Peter 1.18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions of your fathers. Verse 19, but with the precious, you could say perfect blood of Christ as a lamb without a blemish and without a spot. People don't pay a high price for something that has no value. Heaven gave perfection yeah. for you. Gave the most expensive thing, perfect blood, perfect. Gave the most. Why? Because God sees great value in every single one of us. Amen. No, you don't know where I came from. You don't. No, no. He gave everything to redeem and to restore you. He has high expectations for your life because he knows your value. There's currently estimated somewhere in the six billion amount of people right now on this planet, six billion people. Today, they say roughly 133,000 people will be born in America, 400,000 people will be born uh, in the entire world today. There's been about 60 billion people since time, and nobody, not one of them since the beginning of time has your same thumbprint. Why? Because you're a one of a kind. You're completely rare, you're as rare as they come in the kingdom of God and to God, why? God created you perfect. He created you one person. Why? Because that's how much he values you. Think about this. Uh, I did some research. Uh, the number for the odds of you getting here. Okay. You came through your parents, but you came by way of God's miraculous hand. Are you with me? So they say that statistically 130 octillion things needed to happen from conception to birth. So from conception to you showing up here on planet Earth, 130 octillion miracles needed to take place for you to be here. As I said earlier, you might be an accident, but you're also here on purpose. 130 octillion is 130 with 27 zeros behind it. Can I tell you something? God wanted you to be here in this hour. And he's got a great plan, and he's got a great purpose for you, and we're going to help you discover it. Amen? Uh, The economy tells us that what is rare has great value. If gold is rare, it has great value. If diamonds are rare, they have great value. Um, Gas is getting more expensive. It must be getting more rare. (laughs) But gas is expensive because of its rarity. Think about this. There's only one of you. You're very rare. You're very expensive. You're very precious to God. But God takes it one step further. Not only does he see how much he loves you and values you and treasures you, But then we can see how much God believes in our purposes. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which was prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created us, he saved us, he loved us. But as he put us together, he put us together in a way that we can be walking and functioning in good works that he laid out before we even came to be. God has great purposes for us to walk in, and it goes all the way back to before we even got here. Uh, I believe that we have obligation. God said that we should, Scripture says that we should walk in them. God wants you walking in his kingdom purposes. Uh, I thought about the parable of the talents. The the master divvies up these talents, says, hey, you get this much, you get this much, and, and leaves them to tend to it. And what did the Scripture say about the one who didn't maximize his potential? The one who did nothing with the talents that he had been given, the scriptures, he says, you wicked and lazy servant. You did nothing with your potential. You didn't go after your purposes. I don't want it to be said about us that, oh, man, we lived this life and, and we had some blessing and we accomplished some things in this world. But we never sought after advancing our potential and our purposes. Can I get an amen? And I realize that there's times where we go through seasons <laughs> Where we say, you know, people come and say, oh, I got this and I got that. But most of the time, we use seasons as excuses. Well, you know, the kids are in sports, and so then we disconnect from our purpose. Oh, you know, I'm really busy at work, and so we disconnect from our thing. Or, well, I kind of got hurt at this thing, so now I disconnect from this. No, we're a body, and the scripture says that we're a body, we're all together. Though there's many different members, we make up one body. Yeah. And the reality is, if I said about my arm, like, oh, this arm, you know, I'm just in a season where I need to set it aside. It's just not a good time to be functioning in the body. How I many you know if I set my arm aside, uh, it wouldn't take very long for some bad things to happen to that arm? Because it wouldn't be connected to the body. It would start to decay and it would start to rot and all these kind of things would happen to it. And it's the same thing in our life when we're supposed to be discovering our purposes and being connected and finding our fit. If we say, no, nah, I'm going to be disconnected for a while, bad things are going to happen to us. Can I get amen? It's important that we find our fit and we stay connected. And the, and the reality is, if we're too busy, oh man, I'm so busy. We're in a season. Kids in sports and work is crazy. Oh, it's that time of the year. And, and, and we just, we leave a gap we, we don't fit, we don't come together, we don't make up our thing. If we don't find a way to be in a position where we can show this world their purpose, the devil's going to put his purpose on the next generation. If we leave the gap, if we leave the hole, he's going to come in and he's going to begin to tell people and whisper to people, this is your purpose, and this is what you should be doing, and this is your value, and this is your mission. We have got to be a people who stand in the gap, yeah. discover who we are so that we can make a difference. Can I get Amen. Christmas is coming up, and um, obviously, you guys are all good Christians, so you all have your trees up already, and the house is decorated, so good for you. You don't? <laughs> I don't either. We're backsliding at home. We're backsliding, so the Lord and I will get that fixed. But it's Christmas time, and one of the best parts about Christmas is, of course, opening presents, especially if you're a parent. You have the opportunity to go get your kids, And especially when you have little, little kids. You know, we got a three-year-old. She's the fun one. She's She's so fun. My wife's out of town, so I've had her consistently over the weekend, and I'm so full of fun. <laughs> they say, you can't ever have too much fun. I might be having too much fun. <laughs> but you put her on your lap, and what you do is you help them discover their gifts. You help them unwrap their gifts, right? You put them in, and you say, oh, I'm so happy as your, as your, as your, as your leader, as your, as your dad, as your overseer. I'm going to help you discover your gifts. So you help them open it and say, oh, wow, this is the gift. And you get to see them open it. But what a disservice it would be if I just didn't care. Yeah, whatever, just go under the tree, find something, you'll like it, discover it on your own, you do you, and then the three-year-old's opening up the knife set. <laughs> it would be destructive, wouldn't it? And my concern would be that the church is doing a little bit too much of that. Nah, just let them figure out their thing, they'll do that, God's grace, da da, da. and all of a sudden people are getting into places they shouldn't get into and opening things that they shouldn't be opening. Are you with me? Yeah. We're called to come alongside and help people discover how God created them to live. And that's not a chore. It's a blessing. We are so fortunate that we get to do that as believers. Are you with me? The scripture says that we're co-laborers with Christ. I'm going to call it or talk about it in the upcoming weeks. Think about that. God chose us to co-labor with him in all of this. What an amazing blessing. The other thing that happens at Christmas, not only do we help them unwrap their gifts, but when people are watching you unwrap your gifts, you're inspired by it. Everybody's sitting around. Oh, man, they opened that. Oh, they loved that. Look at that. They found their gift. They just, oh, they've always wanted that. That's so amazing. Look how fulfilled they are. Tickle me, Elmo. You know, like, like, oh, that's so amazing. And it's the same thing. What if the church could be the people coming around the community and helping them discover their gifts? Don't you think it would inspire other people? Oh, that's amazing. Look at how they came along them and helped them and did that stuff. That's what the church is called to be in our community. And the reality is there's no greater joy than that. You guys know what Christmas morning is like, right? There's no greater joy than seeing people discover uh, their gifts and their purposes. Amen. The scripture says that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. I want it to never be said about this place that there's a great harvest out there, but we just don't have the laborers. We don't have the people willing to step in and say, here I am, Lord, send me, help me discover my purpose so that I can make a difference so that I can make sure people in this community know God. Are you with me? So one thing I want to present to you right away, one of the ways that we're going to make a fit, you know, in this series is we're saying, "Okay, God, how are you going to use us? One of the ways that we are connecting and helping people find their purpose is in the way of our outreach center, Uh, the hand to hand ministry. We launched several years ago. Uh, We partnered with a ministry. um, You've heard of it hand to hand. And what they discovered is that while school lunches that happen during the week are amazing and meeting the needs of kids in schools, Kids were going home on weekends and going hungry. And so this ministry was formed to say, hey, is it possible for us to drop off groceries and those students that sign up and enroll and qualify can actually bring home groceries on the weekend because teachers were noticing these kids would come back to school hungry and it would affect their learning and their homework and all these kind of things. So Hand to Hand was launched. We opened up the outreach center just on the back side of our building here and uh, it's, it operates as our food bank and it's gone amazing. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been a part of it. Crazy stuff like, you know, for years and years, you guys were coming to Church bringing fruit cups and granola bars and Spaghettios and like it's like such a funny thing to see Bible in one hand and you know whatever in the other and, and it's been amazing and I say thank you for the way that you've done that but we've been praying about okay Lord how can we do this better how can we come alongside families and say we, we want this to be a way that hey we're gonna we're gonna help you open your gifts and and if hunger is an issue for you we know that the Scripture has said one of the ways we fit with our community is we make sure we take care of the poor and the widow and the orphan. Are you with me? And uh, that's one of the ways we fit, a perfect fit. And so we're going to relaunch to you the way that we're making a difference through hand-to-hand. So you got a little envelope on your seat. And uh, if you open that up, you'll see that there's a pledge card in there. Um, you don't even have to get to it now because I want you to just consider it and pray. But here's what we've done. We're no longer going to have you be bringing in donations. There'd be times where people would send things through Amazon Grocery, which we were super grateful for, but they wouldn't make it in the building. Sometimes the doors were closed or it'd be an off day and things were getting left outside. And so we said, OK, how can we do this in a way to be more efficient, more effective and be able to reach more people? Um, one of the things that we know. Because we're not relying on like a weekly drop-off donation, uh, if we can have sponsored funds, then we also know what we can say yes to. So if a principal calls and says, hey, we got five kids over here who need to enroll, we'd be like, absolutely, we're ready to go. And so a couple things that you're going to see are different. No more drop-offs. are not going to have you dragging things anymore. Super simple way, really efficient way uh, for us would be if you can sponsor a family. Here's the numbers. For $240, which is a one-time donation, you will cover a family for the entire school year. It's amazing the way that we partner with other organizations and, and put together these meal packets. So, if you can make a one time donation of $240, you will literally cover weekend meals uh, for a family in our local school for the entire school year. You say, well, it might be a little bit better for me to do a $40 reoccurring donation. What that means is online, you can go on, you can select hand to hand, and you can just set up a reoccurring donation just one time a month or whatever works best for you for the duration of the school. And, um, and you can set that on there. And so, what that does for us is that allows our team, to have the budget and go right in and do the grocery shopping, create the menus well in advance because, again, we're not depending on random donations coming in. We're specifically set and, uh, and just going to be able to make a difference. Now, listen, people say to me all the time, oh, pastor, what did you do to launch the church that helped bring it success? And we live off this motto around here. We say this. <coughs> we say, if your church closed tomorrow, would your community even know it? If all of a sudden Vertical Church disappeared... Would it even be felt in our community? This is one of the ways, these are one of the specific organizations where we make sure our arm is around our community. Hey, we're making sure every kid in school